0: Come here to take the woman and the boy. I was in the Marine Corps, so I suggest y'all turn around and adios. I'm a soldier too. My orders are to take them back with me. Hey, this is Nate Hammond for Tonic Pop, and today I'm reviewing The Marksman. I went and saw it with a couple of friends, uh, with my brother-in-law Luke, who uh share um, episodes with uh, when we do the Movie Bros episode on Tonic Pop Podcast, so please check those out. Our last release was uh, talking about our favorite five Tarantino films. Uh, but I went and saw The Marksman with my mate David and, and Luke uh, the other night, and it was good. I liked it. I want to say that off the bat. I liked it. Um, it's common knowledge that among movie buffs um, or Nissan fans that the Northern Irish lad, who is nearly 70 years old now, he loves January releases. He loves to release films in January. And he wasn't about to let us down. As one critic, um, Asher Liberto, said, There are three things that are inevitable in life. Death, taxes, and Liam Neeson movies in January. The Marksman hit top spot in North America for its first two weekends. And it has found favor with audiences, even if the critics are bagging it out and bagging it out they are. Um... Robert Lorenz, he directs, he has chosen his projects well in the past as a producer. He has done some incredible work as a producer. I uh, think Mystic River, Invictus, uh, American Sniper, uh, Letters from Iwo Jima. As a chief director, he has he's done an assistant director job way back um, with Clint Eastwood. But as a chief director, he has really only had two films, which is Trouble with the Curve, and this one the marksman and both have had mixed reviews with critics but have found decent favorability with the general audience for the marksman the tomato meter critics uh their favorable percentage sat at 34 percent so really low whereas audience favorability so there's a big disparity here check it out sits at 86 percent that's a stark contrast the difference as I see it is that the general audience didn't really feel the need to pick this one apart. There wasn't high expectations, um, especially in a time when big name movies are few and far between. Right? Uh, Lorenz is a longtime Clint Eastwood collaborator, and this feels very much like a Clint Eastwood film, but perhaps a bit less grizzled. With Neeson, you don't have to chop through as many hardened layers to get to the heart of gold as you do with clint speaking of hardened good word let me read the synopsis verbatim from rotten tomatoes hardened arizona rancher jim hansen liam neeson simply wants to be left alone as he fends off eviction notices and tries to make a living on an isolated stretch of borderland but everything changes when oh man my screen just went funky but everything changes when Hansen, an ex Marine sharpshooter, witnesses 11 year old migrant Miguel, played by Jacob Perez, fleeing with his mother Rosa, Teresa Ruiz, from drug cartel assassins being led by the ruthless Mauricio, played by Juan Pablo Raba. After being caught in a shootout, a dying Rosa begs Jim to take her son to safety to her family in Chicago, to find his cop daughter Sarah, played by Catherine Winnick. Jim sneaks Miguel out of the local US Customs and Border Patrol station and together they hit the road with a group of killers in pursuit. Jim and Miguel slowly begin to overcome their differences and begin to forge an unlikely friendship while Mauricio and his fellow assassins blaze a cold-blooded trail hot on their heels. When they finally meet on the Midwestern farm, a fight to the death ensues as Jim uses his military skills and code of honor to defend the boy he's come to love. It's not a great movie, um, but as I said, I did like it. It's, not, it's also not overweight and heavy with expectations and a director's desire to meet those expectations. It just is. It's a simply plotted, small cast action drama. Dialogue is light. There is brutality in there um, from the cartel side. They pretty much just leave a bloody trail as they, as they go. Then they almost don't leave anyone untouched. The whole film spans only a couple of days and the kid protagonist, Miguel. He's watched his mum get shot to death. So when I say the dialogue is light, there's a reason for it. You know, he just watched his mum get shot to death trying to save him, while Liam was on the verge of losing his ranch to the banks, which sounds like a tired trope, but it was one that never went anywhere. So the whole movie wasn't based on that. I don't even know if there was any great reason to bring that in. The witty banter wasn't really on the cards. Uh, It would have felt out of place. But I think a few more deep and meaningful conversations would have gone a long way to help us grow more attached to the characters and help them to grow more believably attached to each other. Um, It would have helped their eventual separation to feel more, I guess, heart jerking. Liam Neeson, he has natural gravitas, which made him the perfect choice for this role. He's not angry Mel Gibson or hiding in plain sight Rambo, but he is the guy who commands respect just for his presence. If you're a bad guy, you're immediately wary and cautious, despite not being too sure of his story. Jacob Perez, he does a noble job in his role. It wasn't one of those, holy crap, who is his kid performances, um, a la, I don't know, Anna Paquin or... Um, Haley Joel Osment uh, but neither was it meant to be he was generally poker faced but this in itself was a performance it would have been tougher to pull off than it looked I imagine that after going through what he went through his whole world was spinning and trying to come to terms with we had to go from there would have been an internal battle that required stoic um, tough solid concentration there were a couple of lighter moments, though, watching a Clint Eastwood film in the motel, which would be considered an Easter egg, I reckon, uh, when you think of the director's history with Clint. Uh, watching Neeson try Pop-Tarts for the first time under a bridge and enjoying them, uh, especially after he had uh, lightly reprimanded McGill for his unhealthy purchase. Uh, it brought back memories actually when I watched that of when I gave my then 95 year old granddad a 7-eleven slurpee which he tried for the first time and watched his eyes grow wide in delight. Uh, this is not a film that anybody will be talking about in years to come. I guarantee it. I imagine it will uh, it will probably hit the streaming services fairly quickly. It will have another brief moment in the sun and then it will fade into obscurity. It is though an easy Comfortable, watchable, old, retired army guy beating up on drug cartel baddies, cinema experience. Don't expect twists and turns. Don't expect deep, engaging dialogue. Don't expect to chair, fare, or cry. Just expect to be reasonably entertained for a couple of hours and you'll be fine. I give this film 68, Liam's age, out of 100. My name is Nate Hammond and this has been Tonic Pop. Check out my Tonic Pop podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, yo, I need something lighthearted to go out on. about that scene from Ted where Liam Neeson wants to buy tricks cereal? Perfect. Hey. Hello. I'd uh, like to ask a few questions about this breakfast cereal. Uh, yeah, yeah, box of tricks. That's right. I've been led to understand that tricks are exclusively for children. Is that correct? Well, I, I mean, they say, uh, tricks are for kids in the commercials. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And is that enforced by law? Uh, not to my knowledge, no. So if I purchase these tricks, there'll be no trouble? No, no, you you should be fine. You do understand that I myself am not a child? I-I was able to sniff that out, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna bring these back to my apartment. Uh, yeah, yeah, you'll, you'll be okay. And uh. I won't be followed. Uh, no, that's, that's not in our budget here. Hey, I won't forget what you've done for me here today. I would prefer that you do.